When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, Halima. Hi, Yoni. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester. And I am the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. And I'm Halima, the community editor of Polyester Seed and the co-host of Polyester Podcast. This is the Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, and review, and subscribe. It helps us so much. Um, do we have any reviews throughout this week, Ioni? We do. Five stars. Love the hot takes. These two really dig into the meat of various channels of living, breathing, adapting feminism. Content is current, relevant, and has me thinking from new angles. That's by Smith Ord 92 from the US of A. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love the reviews. Me too. They made me so happy. Please send us more. Um, please do. So what are we talking about today, Halima? Gina had a great topic idea, and it's kind of like, does everything need to be inclusive? Which I think we've kind of touched upon in like previous episodes but I think this is a good topical topic and this is specifically we are talking or hooking this on to Love Island which has obviously started in the UK in the last couple of weeks but I'm actually annoyed at you Halima why because you don't fucking watch it no I don't watch anything I feel like I'm the worst to talk about I watch like all the little niche things we usually watch because we I think we have similar tv taste but yeah I don't watch the major stuff like Euphoria or Love Island. That's true. But Love Island has started. So I feel like it's too soon for me to actually be into it. Like, I don't really know people's names. So if people, like, have a go at me for not knowing people's names, I'm just putting this up front right now that I do not know anyone. How are you going to describe them then? I will white, just be white person one, white person two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... I feel like every year we kind of have a conversation about the lack of inclusivity in Love Island, whether it's from a racial standpoint or a body size standpoint. Obviously, Love Island is all straight people. Well, not all straight people, but as in it's focusing on straight relationships that are by people in there. I suppose we should start with why don't you watch it, Halima? Oh, goodness. I just hate the way I see my fellow black people treated in the show. I think... I was, when I was doing some reading for this, I, I mean, my general thoughts is the fact that, like, they can make it as diverse or as inclusive when it comes to race as they want. I think it doesn't change the fact that a lot of the character, the people who come into the show already have white supremacy and kind of the worst of white supremacy and the worst of fat phobia ingrained in their mentality. So it doesn't matter if you, you know, put, you can put as many black people as you want there. I think you you still see the same kind of the way British dating is in this country, if that makes sense. Like 
the, the you see the racism, you see the fat phobia, you see certain people won't get approached, some people some certain people will get approached. It was really upsetting to see. Um, again, I didn't really watch it, but I, I would watch little sections of it. Was it Samira season? Is that her name, Samira? Yeah. Um, she was having a really hard time at one point. She was crying about the fact that nobody fancied her, and she I think she was I can't remember the white girl she was crying to. Was she in Molly Ray season? I think so. I don't know to be honest. They all blend into one after a certain point. It was it was one of those girls that she was crying to be like, "You're so beautiful," and like, "I don't know why the people don't approach me," you know, like, and it was just hard to see because it's it's very much like, and I, I wasn't too like I think I wasn't I always say that I wasn't too into dating when I was younger, but I feel like I was just trying to save myself any of the heartache of the fact that I knew the boys around me didn't like me very much. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I lived in like the whitest of white areas. I'm not gonna say because I don't want to be stalked, but. I lived in a very white area. So I was, or even I grew up in Ireland. So I was just protecting myself from the fact that I knew people, the people around me didn't want to date me. And um, so it was just very like, I don't want to say triggering, but it was very much like I felt taken back to a place where I was, when I was young, seeing her same experience. And you see that kind of, um, you see that again and again throughout the seasons of Love Island. These girls crying about the fact that they don't feel desirable um, because of the way that they look. Um so you can make it as diverse as you want, but it doesn't change the fact that a lot of these boys want blonde, skinny, white women. Um, I thought it was interesting that, so basically they changed it this year. So the public chose the initial couplings. Usually it's like the boy comes in and there's a line of girls and then they pick a girl to couple up with. Um, but they changed it so you like vote on an app, like who you think should be paired together. And all of the black contestants got paired together. Black love, baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because I, I guess I see the tweets and stuff and people are like, you shouldn't force it if they don't like each other. Like, as much as we want to see, like, the black people. I mean, I think people are seeing really nice friendships grow between the two. Or Again, I can't talk because I don't watch the show. So, Why didn't you watch it for this episode? Where were we yesterday? <laughs> exactly. You had a week and a half. No, I couldn't do it. Babe. I haven't watched yesterday's episode. Exactly. We're in the same boat then. No, because I've watched every other episode of the season. I've seen enough on Twitter. I know that one of the two black people kiss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's lovely. I don't know if they like each other though. But something I will say for Love Island, and I, I'm not like we can dig into it more. And I know that, like, disabilities obviously are in many, many different ways. And I did think it was a bit of a cop-out when they got Hugo on last year. And they were like, oh, he used to have clubfoot. And it's like, but now he had it corrected in, like, childhood as a baby. So then he doesn't have clubfoot anymore. (laughs) Like, he was self-conscious about it. But it, like, wasn't something that was actually something he dealt with in that Mm -hmm. present moment. But this year, they have a girl on it, and again, I don't know her name. She's deaf in one ear. No, she's born deaf, and she has a cochlear implant oh, now. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so the implant is visible, mm-hmm. it's like her, or, it's her, or she also has hearing aids, I'm not sure. There's something visible on her ears. And to be honest, I do actually really rate it for that. Like, I know it's obviously not the most, like, it, not extreme's the wrong word, but, like, there's no one in a wheelchair, or there's no one that's, like, you know... Mm. very like maybe things that hold you back from dating more but I feel like having a deaf um or someone that's born deaf contestant is like quite cool <laughs> to be honest do they have like a how are they, I mean I guess I don't know how they're supporting her but even on the show do they have somebody who does sign language like for people watching the show no she talked like she can hear. no I know for her but I mean as in, for the viewers like how are they supporting deaf viewers I don't know if the they show. have um yeah if they have because I don't know how it because obviously I'm not deaf 
I don't know how it works with like on demand now if you if they do have that like separately or whatever or how it works whether it's all I know from like uh obviously not growing up there is I remember when Songs of Praise was signed when I was younger that's like oh, that wow. that's the only thing I remember like because I used to wake up really really early when I was a kid and they that's when all of the um sign language like what's the word but you know when you have like the person at the front of the telly and they're yeah, doing yeah. sign language so I don't know if there's like if it's inv- advanced in that way is that now it's more like an on-demand thing or whatever mm. or if people like use post captionings for that I don't know because it's not my experience but I think solely from a visibility point of view like compared to other TV shows that are of similar ilk because I, I watch a lot of reality TV and I'm not afraid to admit that mm-hmm. you would not see anything you would not see a contestant that was actually I tell a lie I watched the bridge <laughs> I watched The Bridge um, this week, which is another reality show. It's not dating-based. They have to build a bridge. That's literally what it is. And um, they had a deaf contestant on there as well. But I think it's just quite quite cool to see. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect or, like, that they should be mad applauded for it. But I think it is, like, quite cool mainstream visibility for something like that. I remember they had um, on, I think it was America's Got Talent, um, they had was it no no sorry that's complete lie it was um, America's Next Top Model and they had a deaf model on the show and I think that I can't remember the fella's name maybe Niall and he was talking about how isolated he felt on the show because nobody there signed mm. and stuff like that so I, my whole thing is like visibility is cool but I never know how they genuinely cater for the people there on the show or how they genuinely cater for the like the the new audience that they get who obviously also who might obviously have that disability like how do they also cater for them because there's one there's one degree of, of having visibility and even though I don't even know if, ugh, visibility is a weird one because like it's cool to have visibility but I also don't know what the visibility does tangibly sometimes does that make sense like the idea that this um I think speaking specifically about um America's next top model with that particular deaf contestant the fact that he they, they included him in the show and then also gave him no support or the fact that he also complained that you know the show wasn't as accessible to people in his community to actually watch him on the show yeah yeah I do understand yeah I totally understand that but I am just saying it from I think it is cool that there is a deaf like a, I mean it's cool born deaf, on, born deaf on Love Island like I don't know I don't think they've done a info pack or whatever on how they are supporting that contestant um but I think for like, and it to be, you know, I hate the word normalized, but as in like, what something I hate about um, Glow Up does it a lot and Drag Race does it a lot is like, and Love Island does not do it at all, um, is like the trauma porn narrative. So it's like, kind of what you're saying about Samira, I suppose, like being upset or whatever, but Glow Up do it all the time as well. Like, oh, once I had to, um, I don't know, what to know once I tripped on a pavement and was sad and now it's changed the course of my life. Like, sob stories, basically. Like, I don't like them in reality TV. Like, I think it's so obviously a plot point that's been, like, ingrained into Drag Race and Glow Up specifically, which is also kind of weird because they're both... I Obviously, RuPaul's Drag Race is a queer-centred show, but I feel like Glow Up's trying to be, potentially. Mm. For anyone that doesn't know, Glow Up is, like, a makeup um reality kind of like the great british bake-off but for makeup is the best way to describe the great british baking show in america no yeah so i kind of like the fact she's just there and like Mm -hmm. living her life and it's not like they're not storyboarding her around having to speak about how hard it is or whatever like i feel like that's quite refreshing in a way 
I mean, it's not like they made Samira. I mean, I guess actually they kind of did make Samira because they put her in an environment where obviously people wouldn't, I don't know, approach her in that way. But I don't think, I never thought Love Island was like a trauma porny type show. No, it's not. But I'm saying like a lot of other reality TV shows, uh, if they put diverse people in, like diverse, mm. like if they put them in there, they force that narrative out. Do you know what I mean? Like, glow a makeup competition doesn't mm. have to be that way. That reminds me of a TikTok I saw the other day and it was like this person's like, well, my mom died. And then the screen turns to the X Factor screen and like they're telling the story of the mom dying and Simon Cowell hits the golden buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do that on the bridge as well. This one I was just talking about, like, er- like they literally make them sit down round a table and go, why are you here? And then they have to like regale the worst things that's ever happened to them. Um, but my kind of like argument for this episode, I think, is because like obviously the central point is like sh- some shows don't need to be diverse. Like just give us uninclusivity and we will enjoy the trash. But I think it's only because, and I think we should, like before people are like, eh, they like get that one clip of you being like only white people <laughs> and they cancel you. But like a lot of the people of color, people are like marginalized people who they do put on this show suffer a lot so like why would i want to see my my brethren suffer on a television show but i feel i feel like low-key like i'm not trying to be because i feel like i, I seemed I, I came across but i came across a bit harsh when i was being like oh what does visibility do or whatever in some regards i think it's because like i think this whole inclusivity and diversity narrative has been co-opted like for purely for capitalist purposes and not actually in a way to help or support people of color does that make yeah. sense yeah it does <laughs> i was actually just halfway through my point oh sorry sorry <laughs> i came across really harsh in the beginning Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> um, so I was saying that's like the central thesis of the episode, but my argument would be that, like, I just don't think these shows should exist if they can't find a way to be, like, nurturing of all identities. And not all identities, like, I'm saying... In the format as it stands, I agree you shouldn't, like, stick a very 
visibly disabled person with complex needs into Love Island because you're just setting them up for like having a fucking horrible time. But like, why should we have this reality television that just like reflects the worst parts of our society? And also, I'm not saying the people on there are bad people, but we're essentially saying that some of them are bad people. Yeah, of course. But I'm just not saying all of them are. What I'm saying is, why should these shows exist? Because if something like throwing in people of colour or disabled people or even like queer people in there creates such a like rupture of hatred, then why should these like vessels for that exist in the first place? Like, surely we should be creating new things that are actually like good and don't rely on us just like upholding all of the standards that we are trying to dismantle. Sarah Ahmed wrote this book that I added in my research. It's called On Being Included Racism, Diversity in Institutional Life. And I guess the book is more so centered on like university, like inclusion and diversity schemes. But she wrote something that I thought was really important. She goes, we might want to be cautious about the appealing nature of diversity and ask whether the ease of its incorporation by institutions is a sign of the loss of its critical edge. Mm -hmm. That was very interesting. I would like you to expand on your interpretation of critical edge. I guess, like, I think, you know, she used a really good example. She she was saying that, um, like, I don't know how to explain this. Martin Luther King, for example, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of streets named after Martin Luther King. And there's lots of statues of Nelson Mandela around the world, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're those countries' idea of showing like inclusion and diversity that like you know we support like these incredible black figures. But for example, in two thousand eight, Nelson Mandela was still on the U.S. terrorism list. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a good example, but like, there like Martin Luther King, for example, all his all his um, rhetoric with like, I had a dream, all of those stuff that he said has been like ridiculously softened. And same with Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela's image is this idea that he he was nonviolent and he was peaceful. That's a fucking lie because that's one stage of his life during, you know, apartheid South Africa, he was into violence. He, he knew that we had to be violent to get, you know, justice and freedom. Martin Luther King knew the same thing and people would soften what he was saying. And institutions have softened both of their rhetoric in the guise of diversity and inclusion. Does that make sense? When in actuality, you know, they knew the cost of freedom. Um, So I guess, I think it links in that regard because like institutions idea of diversity and inclusion is soft and nonviolent and it doesn't threaten the institution when their idea of, of diversity and inclusion had a critical edge, had a transformative idea, had a transformative vision. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I sure that's a fucked up um, example I use. I don't know if it's as, as light as Love Island talk, but I don't I didn't know how else to say it. No, but I, I kind of think that like, because basically what we're saying is by, by saying that not everything should, needs to be inclusive, we're saying some things can just be entertainment and for them to just be entertainment we have to like pull wool over our eyes in a way and pretend that like a lot of socio-economic factors are at play for example like I know you brought up Jeremy Carl earlier and that's a very extreme example of that like if you uh kind of enjoy Jeremy Kyle then you are just like forgetting all of 
the badness that exists in that show. But I think that relies on the assumption that entertainment has to somehow be exploitative, is what I'm saying here, like for marginalised people. But like marginalised people also deserve entertainment, like away from this idea of like politics and institutions, like they do deserve like the trash entertainment shite telly. So at the moment, I just personally don't think it should be a like, they go in and they're treated like shit and they feel like shit and it's on a whole a loss for, not a loss, but like it's a bad time for anyone within that group because you're constantly seeing someone from your community be criticised, criticised as software, trolled. Or you don't have them at all and you're watching like the skinny white cis straight people shag each other all summer. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we should have shows that are built from zero upwards that cater to the entertainment of marginalised communities. Like, for example, uh, when I was writing my book, my publisher, Charmaine, basically when she was just talking to me about how her approach to the pub- to her imprint dialogue books, and it was like, we assume the majority we assume the majority to be white middle class cisgender straight people so when you're trying to sell a book or when you're trying to sell a tv show or when you're trying to sell a podcast or when you're trying to sell a magazine if you're not you're assumed you have to cater to that gaze to make money but that's literally like ignoring the marginalized majority like there's so many more of us than there are of those people there's so many more people that want like entertaining TV that is a bit trashy but also is not exploitative and caters to our communities Mm -hmm. but why have we like left ourselves in a stalemate where that's impossible is there any example of a a kind of like a reality no I guess there's probably lots a reality TV that is actually enjoyable for marginalized people that isn't exploitative because I feel like a lot of reality TV is exploitative um I would say I don't know I'd say maybe the closest that I've come to watching something that doesn't feel actively terrible is maybe like The Circle, the it's English version. Cool. Not the, I haven't watched the American version. Oh, they're in the little houses, and they yeah, they all have their own flats, and then like good one. Sometimes they pretend to be other people, mm-hmm. but that does play into identity politics a lot more because like gays play it straight or whatever, mm-hmm. not in an overtly politicized way, but. I would say that's maybe the closest to one. That you I know one I really hate? We could do a whole episode about Love is Blind, honestly, because I really have so many issues with Love is Blind as a, <laughs> as a show. Like, it's so... I loved it. I thought it was so incredibly entertaining, but it shows you so many... Like, the like the hold that marriage has over, particularly, het- like, like heterosexual people. Yeah. Right? Or, like, like the burden of trying to stick to this, compl- like, one idealised narrative of, of loving and being loved with, under, like, patriarchy patriarchy and capitalism that's a whole other one that I really don't like that I find really exploitative but anyway (laughs) I mean the thing is we're obviously like so keenly aware of very like different threads of how reality tv is maybe like not the most healthy thing for the contestants but also for the viewers like obviously Love Love Island had like a lot of suicides from the cast Mm -hmm. and from Caroline Flack and like that brought out a really big conversation about um duty of care but then it's like even then there's still so many like potholes that we're falling into that make it just like a bad thing and I'm saying this as a fan like not a fan but as someone that like consumes this content as a super fan no (laughs) but I just don't think it has to be one or the other is what I'm saying it doesn't have to be like 
they're in and they feel like shit or let's just have them all out and enjoy our rubbish telly mm. we can make good rubbish telly that is inclusive you're right i think minus people do deserve trashy tv that they can just like mindlessly enjoy i think it's just you know i think these these organizations idea is that they can just add us into these shows without any duty of care as you've said exactly and that's how they get their their quote-unquote woke points when that's like we hate that more if anything yeah and i just don't i also don't think it works really we see through at this point to be fair like this whole diversity and inclusion talk has been going on for years and i think a lot of people are just bored by it yeah but then i think but we still watch so i suppose it's just like how if you are a tv producer executive commission me to make an inclusive me and Henry <laughs> an inclusive reality tv show just commission i only because i only knows everything about it i don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> what we're i find interesting because sarah ahmed kind of gave a term for exactly what we're describing and it's called, so what we're describing at the minute is called the new equality regime. This idea that like corporations are taking on diversity and inclusion. And she, as she mentions this sociologist called Joan Acker, who says if there is an equality regime, that there is an inequality regime. And that's exactly what we're talking about. The idea that they're letting in these marginalized people, but what still persists in the inequality regime is the fact that this equality regime is like a new form of a set of processes that maintain what is supposedly being readdressed. So it still keeps all those things to do with like, it maintains class, gender and race inequalities, even though, you know, it it has this new rule. It's still, it kind of like, it masks what is already, what is already still there. Yeah. Which is exactly what we're talking about. I just thought I'd give the name. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I just think, I don't know how to explain. I don't know. I suppose it's just like what I talk about all the time that like, we so often are attracted to extremes in this instance, like everything is trash or everything is good, like leave it alone or deal with it, basically. Mm-hmm. And I feel just like at this point, we should be striving for better. Yeah, we should definitely act for better instead of just like allowing it, if that makes sense. I don't know. I don't know how else you, I don't know. It's too fair. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a state of disillusionment. How do you say you, how do we get better? I don't know because I, I think it just, um, I don't know because it's hard because I think we are all obviously critical viewers now at this point like yeah. I think it's impossible to watch TV and not be a critical viewer. I think like, TV things were stupid low-key because I think they're just so behind in what we've already been discussing since Tumblr do you know what I mean like we've had these discussions for years they're just so behind. Yeah yeah exactly and like I don't know what it takes to push the needle or whatever it's called mm. but I think it should happen. Maybe I should start Love Island. Maybe you should go on Love Island. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> ah! That's <was> terrible. <laughs> Not pay to see that because you'd be treated terribly, but I'd just like to see how you interact. Oh, I was saying to terribly. Misha and Gina the other day that the only reality TV show I would go on would be Big Brother so I could sit in the smoky area all day and people could just come visit me for gossip. Yeah, okay, good one. I'd hate <laughs> Love Island because they can't listen to music. Can you imagine? They do on their like little club nights. That's not enough. I can't be listening to them. Oh, that one night, one day a night where they listen to Craig David. Like, I can't do it. Like, <laughs> we'll be in the studio and we're eating and I literally have to have noise in my ear. Like, I would literally die. That's so funny. Well, here we are. We would love to hear your thoughts. 
um, sound off in our comment section. The TikTok episode really got you all riled up. I was not expecting that response. No, I didn't think Were I you? that much. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, enjoy reading all your opinions as, as always. Mm-hmm. We will be back next Monday. Thank you, Halima. Thanks, Ioni. Thank you to Olivia for editing, to Gina, Gina, Charlotte, Eden, Izzy. And I think that's it. Coolio. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.